0: Welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang and my co-host is Mel Moline. We are going on a journey through the symbols and secrets of the major arcana and we hope you'll join us. If you've been listening so far, you'll know we sometimes get carried away and we're knee deep in Kabbalah before we can stop ourselves. So if it sounds like we're speaking in tongues, stay with us. Help is on the way. We have a webpage, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And on that webpage, you will find basic reference articles and episode notes that are free to everyone, as well as behind the scene posts and in-depth articles for patrons. And if you become a patron, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways. Like William in Las Vegas, who won the massive 10 item Wheel of Fortune giveaway last week. Congratulations, William. If you haven't won yet... Don't be discouraged. Our patron list is dedicated, but not enormous. And chances are very good you'll win soon. Chances are even better if we reach our patronage goal and do the miners as well. That's 56 more chances to win, I believe. We made it another 10% of the way since last episode, so thank you everybody who came on board. We're so happy to have you as part of the Fortune's Wheelhouse community. This week, we're talking about justice or adjustment, and for the giveaway, Mel is offering her two books, Lieber Mundi and Lieber Seshet. They are terrific companion books, both for her decks and for this podcast, and if you don't have them, they're a must for your M.M. Moline collection. All you gotta do is sign up as a patron at the $3 level or above, and you'll be automatically entered in our drawing. You can do that at our website, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. And if you want to check out our cool fortunes wheelhouse t-shirts and more, you can do that at www.redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse 93 slash shop. And now here is fortunes wheelhouse. Are now on to card number eleven or eight, depending on the way you look at it, whether you are, accept the Golden Dawn's adjustment or not, uh, and that is the Justice or Adjustment card, otherwise known as the uh, Daughter of the Lords of Truth, the Holder of the Balances. Is that what you have? sort of i have daughter of the lords
1: of truth and ruler of the balance ruler of the
0: balances and i think
1: the word ruler is kind mm-hmm. of cool just in this context because uh one of the meanings for ma'a
0: is that which is straight <laughs> right right and just the uh idea of measurement yeah and i think one of the things that I'd like to talk about even before we go into the esoterics very much is that difference between the titles justice in the Wade Smith card and adjustment in the Thoth card, because they really reflect different worldviews. I think, don't you? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, justice, you know, there's something very static about justice, the idea that you submit something to justice and then justice comes up with an answer. It's like, I think of those like, uh the the first computers <laughs> you know you feed something in and then you get something eventually <laughs> right and We're, she's seated mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. in
1: in the Wait smith card she's seated whereas she's poised and standing and balanced in front of the throne rather than seated on the throne in mm-hmm. the um mm-hmm. curly harris card
0: yeah yeah there's adjustment and she's like on her tiptoes and she's literally just able to sway with the the slightest motion and I've really come to like that idea of adjustment in this card right. because although justice action and reaction right, constantly right. flowing I mean justice itself is also includes adjustment the idea that when there is a wrong it is righted eventually that there's an equilibrium eventually the the arc of history tends towards justice but but I love this idea in the adjustment card that you're constantly equilibrating, you're constantly making changes, you're constantly tweaking right. um, to achieve balance.
1: And Crowley refers to it as the dance of adjustment. Mm-hmm. And there's a letter um, that, corresponding with Harris about the card, where he, I think he's looking at one of her first drafts of the card, and he... he kind of criticize he's criticizing it and telling her to do it over basically because it didn't convey that motion. It was mm-hmm. too static.
0: Um, and I never used to um, really understand the Crowley card until noticing that that concept of, you know, being so finely balanced on a point was part of it. Because you can't really, it doesn't express motion until you realize that. In your card, you have got the idea
1: of balanced static, whereas it ought to be dynamic. Nature is not the grocer weighing out a pound of sugar. It is the compensation <laughs> of complicated rhythms. I should like you to feel that every adjustment was a grand passion. Compensation should be a festival, not a clerk smugly pleased that, that his accounts are correct. It seems to me that this doctrine is very important as a commentary on the text, existence is pure joy, and I feel sure that the connection of Venus and Saturn with the sign is significant in this respect. The compensation is surely the awakening of the Eld of the All Father, the constant reproduction of the original purity from the last stage of illusion.
0: Oh, wow. There's so much to unpack in there. And yeah. We will do that in this episode. Oh, it's so And then big. He, he
1: says a few more things, but then mm-hmm. it says at his last, you know, sentence of the letter says, I feel sure that when you get the Venus and Saturn dancing motive firmly in your mind, you will produce a lady whom you will like better. <laughs> Patronizing, <laughs> yet brilliant. Well, I think she was asking for advice on the card and mm. he, he was giving his opinion.
0: Okay. So... Um, Perhaps go right on in and start talking about Libra. Then, the um, as as you may recall, and we have the diagram on the website. The cards, were, the strength and justice cards, or the lust and adjustment cards, were switched in sequence by the Golden Dawn in order to make sure that uh, Leo preceded Libra in the sequence. So we are now arrived at Libra, and we see Libra everywhere. Uh, that we see the scales, the balances everywhere in both cards. I guess with the Waitsmith, it's, it's literally right there in, in Justice's left hand. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, holding the scales. Holding the scales, right. And then in, (laughs) and then this, we see this a lot in, in Crowley actually, where, where you see a representation of something in the Waitsmith card. The figure is the something in Mm. the Crowley card. Like we saw the, the, the Magus was the wand of Mercury. Right and right. here we have uh, right. You know, she is the scales is the of justice.
1: She's the the fulcrum of the uh,
0: right of the scales. Right, and you know that's that's I think in some ways a key to reading Thoth versus versus Wade Smith. In Wade Smith, you have a human figure who sort of wields the symbols, but you know, with with the Thoth, you go right in there and you are the symbol. You become the symbol. You embody the energy and. That's a fundamental difference between the two and one reason why people gravitate towards one or the other, perhaps. So uh, Libra, we should talk immediately about what uh, Crowley was saying, because uh, Venus, of course, is the ruler of Libra. Yes. And which means that Mars is in detriment in Libra. But Saturn is exalted in Libra. And uh, the sun is in fall. Right. And if you if you're not
1: familiar with the terms exalted and rulership and all of those, there is a a
0: informational page on our Patreon page for um, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. So the miners associated with Libra are the two, three and four of swords. And uh, here we have um, these ideas of order and justice and adjustment sort of playing through in different ways and the first one is the moon in libra or the lord of peace restored or the lord of peace whichever you like which is interesting because we're going to also be talking about the lord of truce or the lord of rest from strife so mm. you know we have to compare and contrast well, i mean
1: crowley says of that title lord of peace restored as being kind of a uh, mistake because he because being a two it's it's issued from the ace so there's no mm-hmm. there there has been no previous um unless you're going from strife you know there. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose, but then you'd come to the... Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he says that peace restored is actually improper and it mm-hmm. should just be peace because there's been yeah. nothing to restore
0: from before, yeah. you know? I there's like been no problem It makes a lot more before. sense as peace anyway. And, yeah. You know, and, and I think the card expresses that. I mean, though I can see
1: why the Golden Dawn might have called it peace restored just... Not because there was something happening beforehand, but because it's, you know, the deacon that's ruled by the moon, which Mm -hmm. has that perpetual, you know, cycle of change associated with it. I was
0: thinking about that. And I was thinking that, you know, the kind of equilibrium that you get in this card is an equilibrium, the adjustment or Libra flavor of equilibrium, which depends on flexibility, on waxing and waning like the moon. Yes. So there's... This card feels to me like uh, such a card of flux, you know, and of adaptability. Um, It it reminds me, of course, of the High Priestess because it's associated with the moon. And it looks a bit, you know, in the Rider-Waite version, it has a little bit of that symmetry and color of the High Mm. Priestess. I always feel like there is a bit of an ego surrender in this card, you know, it's like... You let go of your idea mm. of whatever it was, and you know, and I think in the third card, you have that lotus. you see the duality. you see mm-hmm. that every idea has its balance and it's opposite, and its opposite yeah. in that they're
1: both valid,
0: yeah, 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 and that having that perspective allows you to balance
1: mm. and leads to peace,
0: yeah um unlike the lord of sorrow <laughs> saturn in libra and here again is one of those mm. exaltation degrees mm-hmm. so um, well this i've never thought this card is as
1: bad as it's not it's made out to be it's actually yeah. quite yeah. a positive
0: symbol in many ways it's a fascinating card i mean you know cuz saturn brings us as the ruler of this face brings the 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 contractual side of Libra, the sort of like the commitment to justice, the commitment to equality and fairness. And, you know, Saturn may be many things, but one of them is a boundary setter and a a keeper of ultimate justice. Right. And when I
1: see this card too, I think Saturn, you know, the the trance of sorrow that led to the Buddha's enlightenment, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that all things are unsatisfactory, if yeah. you will, is yeah. not very pleasant. And yet it's necessary for the process of enlightenment, you know. Right. It requires an adjust- a mental adjustment, you right.
0: know. It is a mental adjustment. And, you know, and there are there are chains and bindings in this card. You know, it's a card of being tied to things. And mm. that's can be a good thing or a bad thing and i think that that like when you see people the the heartbreak side of it is that sometimes those chains don't work or like or it leads to confinement in prison or or just that seeing the truth is painful
1: no matter how necessary yeah
0: so when we see the three of swords as like a breakup card it's because you've realized the thing you can't unrealize but it can also be a card of commitment and saying this is the thing i know that i can't unknow and i'm going to cleave to it yeah you know so it was historically actually a card of marriage for that reason, mm. which is you would never think right, the right right of Wade Smith, right, right? Yeah. exactly but again, the well, unless you were really
1: pessimist about the the exactly yeah, 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 but we didn't talk about the uh. The four yet.
0: No, we haven't talked about the four, the Jupiter in Libra. So the truce or the rest from strife, that's so fascinating. The idea that there's this moment where in the eye of the storm where you everything crazy is going on outside of you and, you know, and you maintain your Libra balance by being in the center of it, you know, the heart of everything, right? I always point out to people who who don't know about it the uh, the pax in the four of swords which is above mm. in the rider weight four of swords above the head of the angel there is a pax ah uh, yeah, uh, yeah so, I see that yeah so again there's that connection with peace even though we call it it's a temporary peace it's the truce or the rest from strife but i think it's one of the nicer sword cards right mm. and that may be the jupiter effect oh definitely yeah. the jupiter effect yeah
1: <laughs> the greater benefic
0: um. yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you think
1: of what the word truce even means, you know, it's, it's a, it's an agreement and it's usually temporary, you know, like let's pause Mm -hmm. and see. Um, let's agree to pause and take stock of what we have here. You know, like all the fours are
0: kind of that have that flavor. There's a moment of stasis, but it's only a moment. Yep. Oh, and you know, one other thing that I learned from 36 Faces. Austin Coppock's book is, um, the goddess Nemesis was associated with this. Oh, know, interesting. The, who is, uh, you know, the, who meets out justice in Greek mythology. She's a, a writer of wrongs that you pray to when you want revenge. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So, so there's this idea that within, within Libra's justice, you know you have to have this resting warrior (laughs) right you know to achieve that okay and um i i think there's a couple of things that uh are worth pointing out well first of all the couple hundred things oh my god there's so much there's a lot in this card having so much trouble knowing where to start here because there's so much um
1: yeah, why don't we start with looking for, you know, references in either card and kind of just let it evolve from there somehow okay. because there's so much here. I don't know where to begin either. Yeah. Um, one of the things in the in the Thoth card, the the Venus Saturn relationship is said to um kind of personify the phrase love is the law, love under will. Mm -hmm. So where Mm -hmm. every um, action or every energy must be directed with integrity.
0: Mm -hmm. And that, of course, is the central tenet of Thelema, the belief system that was originated by Crowley.
1: He says of this card, nature is not just, but nature is exact. And he means that Mm -hmm. it's not a moral or ethical, you know, like in the Mm -hmm. Smith card it's it's more of like a mm-hmm. justice as a judicial figure judging and it's this is more of the the laws of nature kind of thing yeah
0: as we find nature adjusting herself when we do anything outside you know or in the case of you know climate change or whatever it is that 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 happens there's a there's an equilibrium that nature seeks and then the saturn
1: influence where saturn is the exaltation of libra you know, Saturn is karma. Well, you could imply a, a moralistic reading of the word karma, it really isn't exactly that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's
1: more of a cause and effect that's beyond judgment.
0: Yeah, and I think... It's really interesting to think of Saturn and Libra in terms of the 3 of Swords because yes. it's a card I've really evolved with over over time. Um and I think it, you know although many people see it as a card of heartbreak or just because of the Rider-Waite Smith image and well the thought image as well, you know, but there there is a severity about it, but there's also like a I think of it as the realization you can't unrealize, the commitment you cannot undo. That's that Saturnine, uh, longevity that goes with it and applied to Libra. Right.
1: The long view. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot
0: of sorrow involved with the loss of attachment. That's true. And that's why, you know, we have the sword of justice. The sword of justice both allows you to perceive and cuts away. The, that which is no longer useful in a way that can be painful yeah and the sword is present in both of these cards so that's maybe right. that's a really we interesting should talk about the symbol we can yeah. we can talk
1: about so yeah.
0: let's do that So you want to start, or I want to start. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's there's a lot to say. There's not too much to say about the the one in the Wade Smith card. It's a sword, right? Although one, well, it's pointing to the path. It's pointing to the path. That's that's oh gosh. So um, so in the Wade Smith card, I guess we'll we'll jump right in with the Kabbalah here, because the Wade Smith card, you can see in the gesture of 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 the sitting justice figure that. The sword reaches up and to the left and the scales, uh, dangle down and to the right. And if you look on the tree of life, which you can do on our, on our, uh, website where we have the diagram up, you can see that the path of justice or adjustment runs between Givora and Tiferet, which means that it runs from that upper left to lower right, um, direction. And you can, if you place the card on there, you can actually see that, uh, very clearly. Um, as if, sh- as if Justice is gesturing up with the sword to Givura, which is the sword is of severity, the sword of severity, <laughs> right. the Sephira of Mars, the, uh, you know, the, the, the god of the sword. Um, and then the balances dangle down towards Tiferet, the S- Sephira of the sun, of harmony, of balance. Mm-hmm. And so there's a real, uh, there's a, there, there's a real exact kind of visual illusion to both of them in the card so what do you think about
1: the one foot peeking out (laughs) um I was thinking about it, just because why one foot? Why, why do they just show fit? one? And I was thinking maybe that foot is pointing to Hode. I don't know.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can this, I can see know. that. You know, and and it's such a um, and the justice card is in Wade Smith particularly is such a card of the mind, right? You know? it's so a card of clarity. You know, the, the the sword is actually mm-hmm. the weapon of
1: discernment. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, mm-hmm. it's all a lot about reason. It's the weapon of reason and the mind and
0: discrimination and mm-hmm. yeah, I can that I facility. We of of deciding mm-hmm. the uh, the power of the intellect to right. solve the problem and also we have uh that's a that's a white foot <laughs> white in wade smith so often representing the purity of intention mm. um which we see uh in this card is you know as the application of principle to real life but the sword in in adjustment in the thoth card is it has its own story doesn't it yeah, that's actually if you
1: have your deck and you get out your ace of swords, um we could probably put a picture of it up too when mm-hmm. we get there on the web. Mm-hmm. But um it's the same sword as in the Ace of Sword. And there's also uh a description of this sword. It's Curly refers to it as the Sword of the Magician or the Sword of the Magus. And there's an interesting description in his magic book four um, where he describes the magical weapons, that if you read it, it kind of looks just like this. And you can tell that's <laughs> exactly what is uh, depicted here. So let me... I have the place marked. But the mind of man is normally so important to him that the sword is actually the largest of his weapons. Happy is he who can make the dagger suffice. The hilt of the sword should be made of copper. The guard is composed of the two crescents of the waxing and waning moon back to back. Spheres are placed between them, forming an equilateral triangle with the sphere of the pommel. The blade is straight, pointed, and sharp, right up to the guard. It is made of steel to equilibrate with the hilt, for steel is the metal of Mars as copper is of Venus. Those two planets are male and female, and thus reflect the wand and the cup, though in a much lower (laughs) sense. The hilt is of Venus, for love is the motive of this ruthless analysis. If this were not so, the sword would be a black magical weapon. The pommel of the sword is in Da'at. The guard extends to Hezad and Gabora, The point is in Malkuth. Some magi make the three spheres of lead, tin, and gold respectively. The moons are silver and the grip contains quicksilver, thus making the sword symbolic of the seven planets. But this
0: is a fantasy in affectation. (laughs) So wait, the point is in Malkut. Is that, I believe you said, right? Uh, Yes. So so that's interesting. It's almost... On this card. Oh, I see. I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay, on the adjustment card, the point is in Malkut. Got you. Right. And it is, but it is a very exact description. So there's a little
1: tree of life mm-hmm. embodied in the sword itself. As so
0: often is the case. Yes. In those thought images. And it's interesting because, you know, the hilt is of copper. You don't see, it's not orange copper. It's oxidized copper, green copper, I guess, because. Uh, that's what copper we see. Copper of Venus. The Copper yeah. of Venus. And, oh, so here's um, another, what he mm-hmm. says
1: right after this, he says, "Who, Whoso taketh the sword shall perish by the sword is not a mystical threat, but a mystical promise. It is our <laughs> own
0: complexity that must be destroyed. Mm, interesting. Interesting. It's worth mentioning that on the Ace of Swords, um, we have inscribed the word Thelema, of course, which is, uh, Literally the thing wished for in Greek from the verb thelo, which also translates as will, it's will yes. you know, which is a fundamental will. principle in. And it can be a
1: verb or a noun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will.
0: So it's interesting to see that the, you know, the sword of will is front and center in the adjustment card. So that if we mm-hmm.
1: think of the sword in terms of alchemy, then you have again the separation that we also saw Kind of in the lover's card where mm-hmm. the two figures are also associated with that. And interestingly enough, their card, their letter is Zayn, which means sword. Mm-hmm. So you have the sword mm-hmm. imagery in these both of these air cards.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You do, you do. And, you know, and the lovers is an interesting theme to think about, because Libra, of course, is the the sign of relationship. And there are relationships implied in this card throughout. Mm -hmm. There's a relationship between Venus and Saturn, and there's a relationship between the justice and the fool. Which we can also talk about. Um, but since we're talking about Venus and Saturn, let's, let's continue with that for the moment.
1: Um, when I think of mm-hmm. Venus and Saturn, I also think of Babylon. Uh, you know, mm. we, we normally think of her as, um, the lust card, mm-hmm. but Venus Saturn is, is kind of perfect for the, the daughter becoming the mother, mm-hmm. re- you know, returning to Binah. And, right. And, Right. So that, Babylon, the way so. that,
0: that the, the daughter returning to the mother, we should probably talk about the way the court cards work in, in Thoth a little bit. The way, uh, the idea is that there's the king and the queen and the prince and the princess. The king in Chokmah, the queen in Bina, the prince in Tiferet, and the princess in Malkut. And the idea is that the princess rises to meet the prince in, in Tiferet. They, in turn, become the queen and king, again as uh, you know, in this sort of recurring family dynamic. When the prince becomes the king, he falls asleep. <laughs> is the, is the fairy tale? The princess is has the task of wakening the king. So once she's the once queen. she's the queen. So there's this you know identity between the princess and the queen, and the idea that you know this venus figure must awaken the old king in order for the cycle to uh renew she's not just obviously awakening him he's impregnating her as well so the the cycle can right. begin again and, and crowley actually refers to this process because he he says that this
1: card is the final hay of the divine name right. becoming the primal hay of the divine name so the daughter becoming the mother and then Cutting the attachments, you know, is part of the process wherein she awakens the eld of the all-father, or mm-hmm. you can say the yod of the four letters. So you have the yod, he, Vau he, in order, the father,
0: mm-hmm. mother,
1: son, daughter. Mm-hmm. And in effect, when you think about yod, we've already talked about that um card in the hermit. So I kind of think it's a case where awakening the eld of the all-father, she's waking up that Yod figure and turning the hermit back to a fool. Hmm. So we talked about the fool progressing to the hermit, Hmm. you know, from the uh, initial point and then to the Yod. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a connection, a progression there. And I kind of wonder if there's also a connection here with that symbolism. And Mm -hmm. so then you have the connection, if if you consider that, Awakening the All Father is, is referring to the Yod of the Divine Name. That's also a connection to Keter, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of that symbolism in this card because A, the, the letter itself is the ox goad mm-hmm. that, that the, the fool's letter the is ox. ox so it goes the, the ox, or as I like to say it, gooses the yod, <laughs> gooses the yod. Um, you know, cause the fool is formless and lacks any direction whatsoever. He needs that, um, prodding into mm-hmm. the, the adjustment, the constant adjustment kind of guides him on his way through his path of becoming, you know mature as the hermit and then the cycle begins again so there's a lot of that that dance between the
0: fool and justice and it's also interesting to think about when you consider that the fool is air and justice is libra an air sign which is like the music that shapes the sound waves of air into something that is beautiful and rational yep Mm -hmm. and also when you think about it if you look at the tree right going back to venus and saturn if you consider that the sapphira of venus is Netzach, on the uh, pillar of uh, force down on the right, and Bina is associated with the number three up in the upper uh, upper left. How would you get from Netzach to Bina? Well, you could go through Tiferet, through Givora to Bina, which would take you straight through the path of justice or adjustment. Mm-hmm. One way. There's probably many other ways you could do it, but that's one of the most direct ways you could do it. Yep. When I think of Venus-Saturn,
1: too, I also think of, you know, and the mother-daughter symbolism. So Saturn being the universe card, which is the daughter, the maiden, and then Venus being the empress card, the, the mm-hmm. mother, the fertile mm-hmm. mother. So again, you have more of that uh daughter-mother um symbolism. That's true. And Crowley calls also calls the card the woman satisfied.
0: <laughs>
1: of course he does. Of course um, he does. <laughs> but that's also about that that process mm-hmm. of the daughter becoming be- the mother. Becoming though. the mother. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some...
0: um Satisfaction first. <laughs> there has to be some satisfaction involved. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I took Zoe to see uh Wonder Woman this weekend and it was pretty great, by the way. And and there's a line there's a wonderful line that Wonder Woman says to her traveling companion, the the captain, who is the first man she's ever met. They were they're sleeping on a boat and She says, why can't you, you know, he makes his bunk over on the other side of the boat and she's like, why can't you sleep with me? And he's like, well, it's, it's not polite. It's, you know, it's not, it's considered rude. And, and they get into this discussion of whether she knows about sex. And, and, and she says, oh, I, I know all about that. We've read about reproductive biology. But our conclusion was that the man is essential for procreation, but for pleasure, unnecessary.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that might have something to do why uh, Crowley put this card back to card eight, because the woman satisfied comes before the hermit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, this Sorry. is a family podcast. You can do that. <laughs> right. I'm leaving it in, I'm leaving it in. So um so yeah, so we have the the we have in the card we have this wonderful diamond pattern at the top, which is a Ketteres reference. Yes, but also Harlequin, the dancing partner oh, yes. of the fool, yes, right? Exactly. Right? And uh yeah, the diamonds are are Ketteresque. Uh, and that idea that they are counterparts, the idea that she's taking the raw energy of the fool and shaping it into pattern. Somewhere, yeah, somewhere
1: mm-hmm. I that kind of resonates with, something i read about that diamond as being you know it's like a vesco pisces it's mm-hmm. a it's a portal and it's the portal through which the adjusted experience passes on to the next manifestation and mm-hmm. it's part of that never stopping dance you know mm-hmm. experience happens there's an adjustment every action has a reaction and then it becomes a new manifestation which then has another effect and right Right. it's also kind of brings in saturn again because all of these adjustments could only take place if there was the realm of time
0: the realm of time music occurs only in time yeah correct
1: right right yeah so all you know all actions and
0: reactions take place in time Mm mm-hmm hmm And that's something I love about your card, which I hope you'll put up on the site, too, that adjustment is deeply tied to music, which ties into this idea of time and the dance and the shaping of the airwaves and all of these terrific motifs that are just, you know, just beneath the surface of the card. Uh, also, um, air, feather. We see oh, that in The Fool and in Yeah, this. the mm-hmm.
1: feather. She, so she's got the two, two feathers two on her headdress with that... Um... It looks like, is it a Urias? Urias. Urias. How do you say that? Is it a a Urias serpent? I believe it is. And then um, there's the little round uh, ball in between the two feathers that makes, it looks to me like a winged globe. Mm, Like a winged mm, disc, which is another uh, Aleph reference, another fool reference.
0: Right, right. And so, yeah, so we have the feather on the fool and that he wears on his hat or in that's in, in the, the, in, the in the in the and in the thought it's also there oh, well in the thoth
1: there's the wing of uh the wing of maut the, right. the vulture wing and these could be considered you know the plumes of the vulture goddess as well
0: they could be as well as the feather headdress of maat mm-hmm. the goddess
1: there i think they're really uh, those two goddesses mm-hmm. have some parallels perhaps. yeah
0: yeah i also think it's interesting that we have a uh a blindfold or a mask on this justice figure who is like both as her part of her Harlequin costume in the dance, but also because of blind justice, which mm-hmm. is not something we see. I think
1: I read it's supposed to be a mask though rather than yeah. a blindfold, but still it may be a, yeah. a veil of
0: sorts. Yeah, but it's interesting to think about because, you know, um I mean, we often see the justice figure with a blindfold though we don't in the Wade Smith. But if we did, imagine that if you've ever, you know, danced. I spent a lot of years doing partner dancing, volume dancing, and you, as the following partner, you listen and you can, you can close your eyes, you listen and you feel, and you just feel your way through the music. And, you know, there's an intuitive quality to this version of adjustment where she's concentrating. She's not using her eyes exactly. She's concentrating. Mm. The chains are connected to her thoughts. The chains. Of yeah, I think justice. Crowley calls them the chains of cause. The chains of cause. So, on the slightest, you know, change of thought, or you know, the balance, the shifting of the weight within mm. the scales, it's connected um, through these chains to her to her mind, in a way that's uh, right. very subtle right. and very finely calibrated.
1: And the the chains are balanced on those feathers. Mm. And when you mention the feather. It also made me think of, you know, we talked about in the fool, the feather being a symbol of air. Well, it's interesting in Egyptian hieroglyphs, mm-hmm. the feather was used often as an ideogram in words that have to do with both air and with emptiness. And again, that makes me think of the fool and the yes, the, of the card of air the card and of the zero, zero of yeah. nothingness of emptiness. So yeah. that's, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the letter for this card, Lamed, um, meaning ox code, Mm-hmm. Though, um, the simple letter meaning is work. Mm-hmm. So all of this adjustment, mm-hmm. you know. It's not easy. It takes. It takes. I think it means it takes some effort, you know, to dis- some discernment,
0: right? I, and I love that parallel of the ox goat of Lamed and the ox of Aleph, again reflecting that relationship, right? Of there's, justice telling the fool what to do, right? There's
1: there's such a deep truth there. If you you know really dig into Crowley's writings on the topic, there's there's a real lot there. One of the things he says about this card is that it's beyond all planetary and zodiacal considerations so what he's trying to say there i think when you think of what is beyond all planetary and zodiacal considerations on the tree of life that's only ketter mm. so it's mm. back to the awakening of the all-father process kind of yes. thing back to the fool back to ketter mm-hmm. you know that connection there because you know mm-hmm. on the tree of life if you look every every of of the sephiroth Mm-hmm. Is associated with a planet, except for Hakma, uh, which is the, zo- z- the zodiac. So, mm-hmm. what's beyond all the planetary and zodiacal considerations? Right. Only only Keter, only, Keter. Right. only So, crown. back to the Fool, back to the the mm-hmm. Eld of the uh, All Father, if you which will. Makes sense
0: since it's the final process, yeah. you know, of hey that. And even the, the Aleph
1: Lamed being the name of the book of the law mm-hmm. within the, and mm-hmm. being the name of God. And it's also one of the God names of the uh, of Hesed as well.
0: Right, right. And there are chesed uh, references throughout there because there are fours, fours of There's spheres. a lot of fours
1: here, yeah. The four spheres in the corner, mm-hmm. the four on the top and bottom of her throne. Mm-hmm. And even in the weight card, there's
0: a the square, square on the there's crown.
1: Two, there's, and there's a square with a circle in it. Um,
0: oh, yes, uh, and the a, the pin of the cloak or whatever it is. Right, the pin yeah. of the cloak. Is that the
1: circle squared, perhaps? It a could be. A reference to the circle squared, be.
0: maybe? Yeah. Now, there's another... Um, There's a a reference I was trying to get to the bottom of. I spent like two hours the other night trying to reading through. Funny how that happens. Reading through Golden Dawn, uh, reading through Golden Dawn initiatory rituals. (sighs) Two hours I will never get back. (laughs) And, uh, because I saw a reference in the Secret Language of Tarot, a Wald Amberstone's book, to the idea that there is this rite that you do as a Golden Dawn initiate Where you go into the, the hall of two two, truths, two truths, two truths, and you must go before the altar. You know, they have these altar diagrams. They have, you know, they set each sort of little uh, initiation up as a piece of theater, and there's an altar. And above the altar is the scales of justice. Um, and the pillars you stand before, you have the, um, as part of your ordeal or your ritual, you have to name everything on the, on the, uh, pillars. And yeah. I've read that. Yeah. yeah. And yep. it's basically a reenactment of what the soul goes through at the time of death, I think. So is
1: that a parallel to in the hall of truth or two truths? Mm-hmm. The process wherein the soul has to recite everything that it, has or hasn't done wrong think so. you know yeah. i have and the, i and have not against the feather. i have not cheated the grocer <laughs> or whatever
0: <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah it's the idea is that you know you're in this hall of two truths where you have to um have an accounting mm. and the pillars are blank because they don't give you the answers <laughs> is the idea as opposed to the the boaz and yakin pillars of the high priestess which are marked and black and white, these are a blank a blank slate. Mm. So more about the path, mm-hmm. um,
1: Gaborah and Tifereth, the whole severity and beauty thing, mm-hmm. I think that's an important balance because, you know, when I think of Gaborah, there's a phrase that I always think of that says let justice be done though the heavens may fall Mm -hmm. and that's a bit harsh right (laughs) I mean there are Mm -hmm. so that you you need that balance you know that beauty and harmony that that kind of to influence that love has to be underlying these these adjustments and mm-hmm. it's it can't all Love just be uh, th- severity <laughs>
0: yeah even though justice is cloaked in red in the Wade Smith card the color of severity the color of givora mm. what would you know what's interesting to think about for a second is um, something that you like to do, which is look at the symmetry on the tree where mm. the hermit is Well, this is, is a tough reflected. one because
1: which, where do you look at? Because do you look at the, you know, the ones that go like this or mm-hmm. the ones
0: that go like this? Like, did I write down So I'm if saying? you're reflecting no, across the middle pillar, then it would be, then it would be um, the hermit. Right. And if you're ref- reflecting uh, across Tiferet, uh, yep. across the horizontal There's so axis. many paths
1: coming out of Tiferet. It's yeah. like, there's a lot, you could you could do the one below it, you could do you the could. one diagonal from you it, or could. the one mirror image of it. This, so you could make you know, an
0: argument for justice paired with death. You could make an argument for justice paired with the devil. You could make an argument for justice paired, paired with, with the, the hermit. hermit. Well, I see a definite connection to the justice and hermit story mm-hmm. with
1: the whole, uh, the, the Yod, back to the Yod and Keter and that yeah. whole story that we were talking yeah. about. So that's definitely And
0: also the connection, well, there's the Virgo Libra, um, you know, right next to each other. Perhaps there are two ways of approaching Tiferet, you know, from the pillar of force and the pillar of form, um, from the side of uh, shaping it, and the side of releasing, I don't know, I'm trying to sort of make sense of that in my mind, the, the fertility of the hermit versus the Mm. sort of well there's a fertility in this card too mm, if you consider the mother
1: to daughter the you know right uh daughter to mother i mean the daughter to mother woman satisfied aspect
0: well there's sort of like a you know what's interesting one way to look at it is that there's a sort of a paternal uh generation from the hermit in the sperm right you know carrying from father to son uh, from, you know, Chesed, on the Chesed side of the tree, whereas this is on the Bina side of the tree, and mm-hmm. you have the mother to daughter, uh, right. passing on. Yeah. Passing up through the tree. Yeah, that's really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: I kind of see, I guess if I had to pick
1: one to be the uh, the opposite side, it would be that mirror image mm-hmm. uh, of the, the hermit in this card to f- reflect on. Although, I suppose if you thought long enough on the other ones, you'd probably
0: come up <laughs> with could a few You probably come up with some connections. Um, so. Right. Right but you know uh listeners if you if you would like to submit your thoughts on the parallels between um justice adjustment and the hermit that would be interesting we'd love to hear them
1: you ever read the book of and crowley's writing on this card he just has a lot of cool things to say um He says something like, all things are beauty and all are truth because they cancel each other out. Hmm. So it's kind of speaking of that sort of separation, you know, dividing things into, for everything in the world, there's its contradiction and its opposite. And that,
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's part of... That could be part of that uh, diamond pattern at the top, the white and the black. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says something like her, about her facial expression.
1: He says her... Her secret satisfaction in her domination of all the forces of disequilibrium in the universe or something like that. Oh, Uncle Al. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have a beer with him. Or three.
0: <laughs> At least. Or, you know, some kind of mind-altering <laughs> substance. I think he probably would have been game for just about anything. The uh, Let's not forget the Alpha and Omega in the scale.
1: Right. The Alpha and the Omega. There's another uh, Fool and Universe reference. Right. So, right. yeah. So there's the Universe as the daughter and the Fool as the uh, Keter and Aleph and the aleph Lamed all that whole mm-hmm. cycle
0: of everything. Right. That's cool. Right. It is cool. And it's it's interesting because although we tend to focus on, you know, the path between the specific the Sephiroth, when we look at these cards, this one really encompasses the whole tree. It really goes from top to bottom. And, you know, I'm sure it sounds like we, every time we talk about a card, this is the special one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's
1: repeating motifs for sure. I mean, a -hmm. a lot of them are about this process of, uh, I guess you'd call it enlightenment. The Mm -hmm. whole climbing of the tree or descending or, you know, that whole Mm -hmm. cycle of becoming and absorbing different parts of the tree, it's expressed over and over again in different ways on each card. So there's definitely some repeating symbolism and some repeating stories They just shows different ways of saying kind of the same thing. Right. right. Different
0: facets of the same gem, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, every... I, I think... I think it's important to remember that every card encompasses the whole. You know, you can get to the entire journey through any one card. Right. At any given moment.
1: That's kind of the meaning of the fool. You right. Can, the fool is, has everything, all potential, and can, is thus connected to every card. And there's a, you know, that's in, my deck, I kind of referred to that as wormholes. You know, they're every <laughs> they're everywhere throughout mm-hmm. the world and throughout the the tarot itself, and because because everything is connected in some way to mm-hmm. everything else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. If you want more uh, phallic references, there's uh,
0: <laughs> Crowley. You can never have enough. You can never have too much. Uh, <laughs> I also want to just say something about Venus and Mars real quick. Yes. Just it, because, you know, right? Because we, we, even though Mars is in detriment in Libra, you know, even though Venus is the ruler of Libra, they are united in this card, you know, yeah. as we see in the sword.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Definitely. There's definitely the woman satisfied Venus and Mars. Right. Right. So, um, if you need more phallic symbolism <laughs> in, uh, in, in Curley's description in the Book of Thoth, he talks about the Judex and Testes. Oh, yes. The, the
0: Judex the, and the, Testes. The, the witnesses and the judge. Well, someone had to say <laughs> but it.
1: Someone had to say it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, more the... obvious, um, I guess, you know, which is also visibly mm-hmm. depicted in the, the card if you look at it in a certain oh, way yeah. with the, the two
0: spheres and the sword. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And the idea that, um, the Testes are, you know, carry on the information from one generation to the next is in- encoded in there too, I think.
1: There's not in the book of Thoth, but, um, in his writings, the vision and the voice on the aethers, mm-hmm. the seventh aether, which sev- the seventh sign is Libra. Mm-hmm. So there's a description that actually talks about Venus in Libra and Saturn in Libra. And it says, uh, Yet remember that in every one there goeth forth a witness and justice of the Most High. Hmm. Is not Libra the house of Venus? And there goeth forth a sickle that shall reap every flower. Is not Saturn exalted in Libra? Hmm. Daleth Lamed Tau. So there's a lot to to look at there. So he's saying... Oh, yeah.
0: He, Daleth, Venus, uh, yeah. Lamed, Justice, uh, yeah. Tao world. world. So, so so yeah, and yeah. it's so
1: that's more a uh, daughter and mother mm-hmm. with the so the daughter is the universe on the universe card, the Tao, the Daleth is the Empress card, the mother, mm-hmm. and in between them is Lamed adjustment. Mm-hmm.
0: So you've just spelled Daleth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And Yes, exactly, the mother. Mm-hmm. So and he also mentions here, there goeth forth a witness and justice of the Most High. Most High being a Keter reference. Mm-hmm. And then he, he specifically mentions the house of, you know, Venus and Libra. And then he mentions Saturn exalted in Libra and the sickle that mm-hmm. reapeth every flower. So that's the sickle being a, a traditional... Of Saturn. Yeah, it's symbol of, of Saturn. Saturn. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought all that was really cool seeing as... um Yeah. That's the seventh aether and Libra is the seventh sign and it specifically seems to be referring to this card. It Mm -hmm. also in that same, you know, later on or earlier on in that, in that verse it mentions uh, her being on the throne of turquoise and lapis and is like a flawless emerald.
0: Oh, so, so that brings on us the to- throne of Hesed or Jupiter and right. is like
1: Venus. Right, and those right. are all the colors of this card, yes. too. And you notice that yes, it's all it blue. Is. It's all blues and greens. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. So
1: I thought that was really cool, too.
0: Oh, um, yeah, and just sort of going back through some of the goddess figures that, that – are associated with it. One thing I, I noticed was that the goddess Themis, the Titaness, um, was associated with justice as well. And mm-hmm. she's the personification of order. Her children are the Horae, the hours. Again, that, that time idea of time, again, yeah, Saturn, right? And, uh, ruling, ruling and regulating and giving structure to the universe. Uh, Athena as well. Um, we talked about, uh, DK, which is, um, She's another justice figure in the Greek mythology, and nemesis. Hmm. So, you know, we have the severity of nemesis and the fairness and balance of... uh, of Themis. Themis, yeah. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, as far as color goes, we talked about emerald green, blue... Uh, yeah so emerald the king scale, and then you have a blue and a blue
1: green in the in the middle there, and then the the princess scale is that more pale uh pale version of emerald, the pale green or light green,
0: and plum too don't we have? Um, or maybe not. I don't think plum okay. is the Okay. I may here. have no. read that no, no, somewhere no. wrong. Well, there's, there's, is a
1: plum in the, um, card for the rider weight card, that veil. Yeah. We didn't talk yeah. about the veil. And, um, oh, yeah, the veil. There's the veil between the pillars, and it's that violet card. And I wasn't sure. I was trying to figure out, well, why a violet veil is, is the violet Jupiter, you know, a said mm-hmm. reference, or is it Mercury? It could be mm-hmm. Esode, um,
0: mm-hmm. you know, all the things that are violet. Right, right. And and the veil, is it like the priestess's veil? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question, too. Right. I mean, the idea that... It's a veil between the pillars. So it's a veil between similar. the pillars. It's certainly uh, suggestive of that. But, you know, I think of justice as being... I, I always interpreted that veil as being um part of the very cerebral kind of nature of the wadesmith card the idea that you set it set apart this matter on a stage so that you're not influenced by um by outside Matters. Um, you know, you, you create this artificial environment where you can be objective and not be influenced by the, mm. the outside Blind world. Blind justice. Even yeah. Though she has her eyes open. <laughs> right. It's not an esoteric reference, but that's, mm. you know, one of the ways I've seen it. Whereas I think of the veil of the priestess as something that separates worlds, you know, but also is a doorway between them. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, I do know what you mean. And whereas this is, you know, her, her veil is, covered with the tree of life and you know it's it's a portal this mm. is kind of a separation right of it's another por- it's a another barrier. portal yeah, yeah That both yeah. cards have a portal of sorts anyway so we were talking about color um green as you were saying uh well, one thing about the
1: scales if mm-hmm. you notice on well both cards have the scales so that's obvious libra symbolism mm-hmm. balance and um you know, balancing each thought with its exact opposite. But it's also, look how they're bubbles. They're bubbles of oh, air. Yeah, bubbles. You know, it looks right. like all, there's tons of these bubbles of air in that, that card. So, mm-hmm. right. Air. Air could be another fool reference or just that Libra is an air sign mm-hmm. as well.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: And those scales actually with the, um, alpha and omega and within that, um, diamond shape, mm-hmm. there's a OTO lamin. That's a vesica pisces shape. So of it's not quite it is. a diamond, mm-hmm. and in within it are those two scales with the alpha and the omega, and they're balanced on the tip of a sword. And above it is a crown. Mm. So I'm um, mm. thinking, yeah, right there, alpha, omega, scales, sword, crown of Keter, right within the vesica pisces, which is it's all there, just a rounded diamond.
0: Yeah. So yeah. interesting. Yeah, and a yoni reference.
1: <laughs> of, course <laughs> well, it is. It. of course it is uh
0: so uh the green of venus is we can find throughout yes. the at least throughout the thoth card there's uh there's some greenishness oh yes there's green in the um in the in the vestments of justice on the Waitsmith smith card as well yeah there's sort of uh, sort of greenish yes, yeah yep. kind of greenish and green we associate with venus and um and blue, both, uh, yeah. both, uh, both in the absolutic path, uh, and in the sephira of Venus, we see green, which is the note F sharp, cause consistent across the board. So the, um, we have for this a smell that I have mentioned before, um, but you have to take it out every time you deal with air, basically, which is galbanum. The, the grassy one? Uh, the grassy one. Grassy, grassy or green. Oh. Yep, whichever one. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, with that sort of faint bitterness, the severity mm. of Givora at the mm-hmm. end <laughs> or the Bitter Sea of Bina. The Bitter Sea of Bina. Yeah. And when I was designing my um Libra perfume, which is called Breath of Venus actually, because of breath air it it was it's a and very... you know the breath of Aphrodite is delightful, <laughs> so they say it was uh it's a sheep perfume, which is the Cyprus is the island of Venus, as you know, and there's a lot of you know very fragrant resinous uh pervading scent about it um bergamot and patchouli and oak moss it's Mm. you know these are sounds good very bassy but but i did have to put in that little note of galbanum for libra which helped sort of cut through it just a little bit the sword of justice you know cutting through it just enough to give it some space and give it some air which is i guess what its purpose is it's a very sharp kind of smell and it's its function, because you don't really want to smell galbanum alone, but its function seems to be to be like a spacer, you know, to just introduce air, to which I think is nice. Like for, the sword. Yes, to separate like the sword and to, and to produce uh, breathing room. So there you have it. Okay, so I believe that is it for justice and adjustment. And uh, we are more than halfway through now, if you can believe that. We will be back next time with the hanged man. See you then. And that's our show for today. You can find us at www.patreon.com slash where you'll also find new episode announcements and loads of extra articles and visuals, which will help you follow along with the show. You can also show your love for Fortunes Wheelhouse by leaving us a review on iTunes or picking up a Fortunes Wheelhouse t-shirt or tote bag or mug at our shop, which you can find at redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse 93 slash shop. There's lots of ways to be a hero of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support.